Well, good morning. The greatest gift we can give God is all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Everything we are, give it over to the Lord. And that's the day-by-day, walk-by-walk process. And some days we feel closer, some days we aren't. But God is as ever close to us as he ever has been. And he never leaves our side. So we just praise God for that, truly. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I want to thank you for each one here this morning. I thank you for the time of worship, to lift up praise to you, to honor you, to focus on you in this way. And I know, Father, that heaven is affected by our praises to you from our hearts here on earth. And so I praise you that we have that opportunity to worship you that way. Thank you, Father, that you are with us every day, that you, Lord Jesus, are guiding us in, in our heart, and we can look to you for all things and trust you and and just have a relationship with you, which is the greatest blessing of all that you provided, Lord Jesus, that uh, as you've said, no man comes to the Father except through me. And so I thank you, Lord Jesus, for being that bridge that brought us to a right relationship with our Father, your Father, our Father in heaven. And Having said that, Father, I pray that you will accomplish the work that you want to accomplish in this message and may it touch hearts, may it honor you, may you be pleased with the receptivity of our hearts to you and to your word and your presence here and now and for those that may be watching or later on listening. I just pray you bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thinking about the songs, giving all of our heart to God, uh, living for God, just being what God wants us to be is key to our walk relationship with Jesus. And it's not a matter of mechanics, it's a matter of a heart-love relationship with Jesus. And when we love the Lord, we pursue that deeper relationship. Which leads me to the title of the message today. The title of the message today is Cleaving. Cleaving. So the last few weeks, I've been talking about drawing closer to God. And I've talked about how we needed to start with a heart and a mind that's desperate for a close relationship with God. And I really believe that God intends for us to grow more deeply in love with him. And the more we grow in love with him, the more desperate we are, if you will, to desire him, to know him, to be closer to him. And that should be something that's an evident fact in our spiritual walk with God, that I've fallen in love with Jesus even more than what I ever thought I could. I've learned about him. He's revealed himself to me in ways I never expected. And our relationship is closer than I ever thought possible. And because of that, that relationship should be the most cherished of all. That we're looking to Jesus and we're saying, Lord, I just love you and I thank you so much for being my Savior and my God and being in my life and for what we have together. And so we should have that desperateness to continue to pursue Jesus and not allow our lives to come from a spiritual high to a spiritual plane, but that our spiritual life should overall be increasing. We have our daily walk. We have things that happen in our lives through every year. And, you know, we can look maybe at the pattern of our walk or our intensity with God maybe like this. But overall, we should be seeing it going like this. You know what I mean? There's ups and downs in our walk. There's good days and bad days. But I can reflect on my life and I can see that I'm closer to God now than what I was when I started, when I came to know him. And we should never reverse that. We should never say, I want to be, this is the highlight of receiving Jesus Christ, which is a highlight. It's not the pinnacle of our relationship. It's the beginning of our relationship. 
And so we should not allow the, the pinnacle of receiving Christ as, as our Savior be that to which we descend from, but we should be increasing in our relationship and our growth with God. Therefore, we should be able to identify in our heart that our love for Jesus is has grown deeper, richer, and we desire God more. In a sense, in that word, a desperate relationship. I, I want to know Jesus more. And in this message today, we're going to look a little bit more about what that means, a closer relationship with God. Because God wants us to live as, God, as his children in a way that is distinctly characterized by his character in our life. And we're going to look at that. So last week, I talked about removing barriers removing barriers that hinder that close relationship with God. And today I want us to look at another layer that uh, we need to do to be able to have a closer relationship with God. So let's start in Deuteronomy 13:4. It says, You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. I used to like to t uh, tamper down and water down, if you will, the word fear. Because I would say, oh, it doesn't mean fear like this. It means a, a healthy respect. No, it means a healthy respect, but it means fear of God because there are consequences to our behavior as his children. And so we have to choose to walk with God or not walk with God. And if we choose not to walk with him, then we should be afraid of what the consequences could be. Because we know that God will intervene in our life and work in our life to, to try to get our attention back on him as it ought to be. So you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. The last few words of this verse that uh, I just read is hold fast to him. In the King's, King James Version and other translations, it might say cleave unto him. Now I want to look at that word here a little bit more this morning. The word cleave or hold fast in the original Hebrew is debak. And it means to be joined together Pursue closely, follow closely, abide or cleave. How much does God want us to be close to him? <laughs> right? I mean, he wants us to be joined together in it. Well, we are by the Spirit of God. Praise God. He wants us to pursue him closely. That means with definitive direction, definitive awareness of God in our life. We are to follow him closely and abide or cleave to him. That's what it means. Then to cleave means to adhere or attach ourselves to God in such a profound way, I mean deep, right, profound way, that all our thoughts, words, and deeds are focused on him. That's a tough one. But, you know, I had already completed this message and gone over it and all that stuff, and yesterday I was uh, in the car and we were going up to... Uh, Los Banos, Los Banos to uh, uh, Torrance football game up there. And um, my schedule had gotten thrown off, so I was reading my Bible in the car. I wasn't driving. And so, you know, and uh, I mean, I can do that, but it's not good. <laughs> but um, I, I came across this verse as I was reading, and it's, it's one that was really reflecting my heart in this message. But even before this message, this was on my heart. This is something that was stirring on my heart before the message came to be. And it was a realization that, that there's a place that God wants us to be in him that we have to aspire to go toward, to reach toward. And, and, and that's part of clinging to him. It's, it's making the effort to grab hold of and be close to him. And it's, it's in Psalm 1914, 
Let the words of my mouth, get that, the words of my mouth, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You know, James talks about if we can control our tongue, we can control our whole body, like an udder on a ship, right? But, but this really reflected my heart because my heart says, God, I want my words to be pleasing to you, acceptable in your sight. I want the things that I'm thinking about to be uh, uh, pleasing in your sight. But I have to rely on your strength to be able to accomplish that because I can't do it in my own strength. But God wants us to have that type of a, an awareness in our spiritual walk with God that we're actually aware of what we're saying in our conversations. You know, people like me that talk a lot find, find ourselves saying more than what we should, right? I mean, that's just a reality. It's better to not talk so much. But that's who I am. I talk a lot. And so, um, but in that, I have to be careful because I have to think, okay, these are, these are uh, in my communication and with family, friends, whomever, I need to make sure that I'm aware of the presence of God and that what I'm communicating, what I'm saying, is pleasing in his sight. And that's just to being aware. That's being aware. When we feel that sensitivity of the Holy Spirit saying, ah, don't say that. It doesn't mean that it has to be atrocious. It just means that God's saying, mm -mm, don't go there. We have to be willing to pay attention to that and listen and be able to step back and go, okay. And sometimes it's by God's grace and strength alone that I keep my mouth shut because it's not natural for me to do so. Okay? Right? What's in here? She doesn't always need to come out here. Somebody told me that. <laughs> and it's never left me. <laughs> so we need to have that type of heart to where, Lord, I, I know what I'm saying. I want it to be pleasing to you. Or I know what I'm thinking. Oh, my. How often do we have things going through our head that we don't want to think about? Things hit us. Satan throws stuff at us all the time. It seems like I've spent more time saying, God, I renounce that in the name of Jesus than I am thinking about what I'm saying because it's a battle. It's a spiritual battle. But the reality is we can be that type of people in Christ Jesus because that's what he wants. His word says, let your, let your, let, let your, your words, right, and the meditation, the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight by your strength, right? Oh, Lord, by your strength, and you're, and, and you're my strength and my redeemer. Kind of flubbed up the end of that verse, but you know what I'm saying. So God wants us to have that type of frame of mind and awareness in our walk with him, and he calls us to walk in his spirit and to follow him. And I think that really fits in with the message as I got that, because that's part of cleave, making an, a, an intentional effort to cleave closer to Christ, to, to cling to him closer. I'm going to cling closer to Jesus, so much so that I'm going to intentionally be more aware of my conversation and what he's saying that I should or shouldn't say. I'm going to be more aware of really dealing with my, my heart and where my heart thoughts are and make sure that those heart thoughts are funneled properly through Jesus. It's a war field ground. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, right? A thought can go through your head. doesn't mean that you've, you've accepted it. 
It means it's something that the enemy throws in front of you that you need to deal with and you cast it out. And that's something we, we it's, it's, it's a process. Now, if we take it in and we, we, we revel in it, then we've accepted what we thought and then we're sinning in that thought. Jesus was tempted but didn't sin, right? And so we know that we can bring our, our thought life in subjection to God, but it takes being that close to God, right? So if we are, are seeking God to cleave to him, to hold closely to him, our life will become one with God. And that, that's an issue. That's something that, I, that I, I really want to emphasize here in this message. Being one with God, we can say, well, I'm one with God because the Spirit of God dwells me. I'm a living temple in Christ, right? Christ is in us, and we're living temples. I'm one with God because his Spirit's in me, and I'm in him. But we're talking about being one, being unified in thought and mind and action and deed. So, so much so that whatever we're doing, we're just aware of God's leadership and God's purpose in everything that we do. And I would think that that might be something that we could say, oh, I can see Billy Graham doing that. I could see the apostles doing that. I can see great godly men and women doing that. But you know what? Everybody's a human being with a sinful nature that deals with, with warfare, Right? And so we don't have to be uh, worried about the challenge. We just have to have a heart that says, God, I want to be that way. I, I want to be that type of child of God. I want to show you that I love you so much more. I want to know you so much more by saying, I want to keep myself in check this way, even if it is a battle. So our life will become one with God. And in this verse in Deuteronomy, it implies that cleaving to the Lord is the only means of achieving authentic, lasting spiritual life. I mean, let's just think about that for a moment. The only way we're going to grow deeper in love with Jesus and cleave, cleave closer to him, boy, those are tongue twisters, and be closer to him is by intentionally seeking after him, right? And this cleaving to God, this union with God, is what Jesus prayed for us. This is what Jesus wants for us, right? And he prayed this in the Garden of Gethsemane. In John 17, 20 and 23, or through 23, it says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will, who will believe in me through their word. So he wasn't just praying for the 12, 12 apostles. He's praying for all that would believe as a result of the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. God wants that oneness in our relationship with him. Hey, and that oneness will overflow in our oneness with one another. In other words, the unity of the church body will become stronger and much more evident the closer we are with God. And the more unified we are as the body of Christ, the more available we are as a body of Christ to be used of God effectively for his kingdom work. 
And so it's important that we are on, our pers on a personal basis that we are keeping ourselves close to God, but that we're cleaving to him intentionally to have our, 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 our actions, our speech, our thought process um, be subjected to him, brought in subjection to him as Lord and Savior, that we might be transformed in our thinking and learn to become more united or one with God. We already have the Holy Spirit. We're already in him, and he's in us, and we're in him. But I'm talking about how we think, how we live, how we function, how we are as believers being one in him. That's what Jesus is praying about. I want them to be one in me. And Jesus' prayer is powerful. You know, one day we'll be there, but this is what God wants for us here. Okay? The oneness Jesus had in mind was the unity that comes from the shared life in both God the Father and God the Son that comes when God the Holy Spirit dwells in us. We're to have the, we have the unity through the Spirit of God, right? We're connected, and we are in Jesus. He's in us. We have a relationship with the Father through the Son. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling us, helping us to live for him. And as we do, we become closer connected to him as we choose to. God doesn't force us to be as close as he wants us to be. It's our choice how close we want to be to him. And I don't think, and I say this affirmatively, God will never turn us away for growing, wanting to grow closer to him. <laughs> He'll allow us to grow closer as we seek him. So Jesus did not pray for uniformity or institutional unity among believers, right? Instead, he prayed for unity rooted in his love and in, in his shared nature, bringing together the many different parts of Jesus' one body. You know, Mormon faith might say, okay, now we're one, we're all gods. No, well, this is what, Jesus wanted us to be God. No, that's not what's being said here. But, but God does want us in all of our uniqueness of, of, of one of a kind, created beings. When that means we're all peculiar people created in, in his image, and he created us uniquely our own, having the character of God being brought together as one in Jesus. There's, there's blessing and power and glory to God in that that is um, just amazing. It's God's love and that nature we share with him that we need to cleave to and then share with each other in the world. The closer we are to God, the more we're in love with God, the more we're going to love each other, the more we're going to love people. You know, if you're having, having a, um, a love problem, let's check it out with God first. Where's our love relationship with Jesus? And we need to ask God about that if we are having issues. Oneness or cleaving to God means intimacy. I want intimacy with God. We see that through the scriptures. When we talk about intimacy between marriage, we talk about what we talked about last week, cutting the barriers away, intimacy and relationship with God, that, that God wants that that's, we're his bride, and he wants to be as close to us as is possible, this side of heaven. Intimacy only comes through spending time with God in our quiet and alone times, or at church, or throughout the days. We need to make sure that we're in our, our time with God. That's what happened yesterday. I got up early. I, well, no, I didn't. I got up late. I didn't have a good night. Got up late. Was slow and 
Well, I wake up, I'm, my wife hits the floor, my son hits the floor. Instantly, they are gone, going, running. Myself, my daughter, we hit the floor right for an hour and a half or two. We just don't function yet. And we had to leave early yesterday, and so I said, okay, I'm gonna, didn't get to do my normal Bible reading, but hey, I'm gonna read in the car. And pulled my phone up and started reading some scripture. We've got to be in the word, thinking on the word, meditating on the word, applying the word, and gaining what God has for us to receive from him. We have to have those times. It's kind of like when we were uh, uh, looking at our relationship, desiring to cleave closer to, to Jesus, to God, that when we had our relationship in our marriage relationship, or our first love relationship, so to speak, that you couldn't get enough of being around that person. They were on your mind. You woke up, you thought about them. You ate, you thought about them. You went to sleep, you thought about them. You were encompassed by your love for them. That's what God wants for us with them. He wants us to be just, I can't get enough of you. I'm just in love with you. And it's not corny to say I'm in love with Jesus. It's what God wants because he loves us. So obviously, that's how couples get to know each other. That's how relationships develop. That's how our relationship with God develops as well. Reading our Bibles or studying obviously is how we learn about God. And talking to God and actually taking time to listen to him is how we learn about God. When I was reading that scripture in Psalms while Kathy was driving radically down the highway, <laughs> God revealed to me uh, this verse, you know, watch your mouth, don't let anything come out of your mouth. No, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. okay? But it stood out to me, and I began to memorize and meditate on it and think on it because it was something that was resonating with what the Spirit of God had already been working on my heart to think about uh, more, more specifically about. So intimacy with God is learning about him, etc. and doesn't come without investment of our time. It takes time and investment, commitment, sacrifice. I mean, there is a, there is a, if you're going to follow Jesus, you got to make, you got to, you got to be willing to cut whatever you need to, to do so. That's all there is to it. So I got some questions to ask you. How much time do you spend with God? Do you talk to him throughout the day? Most Christians, I hope, many Christians at least I know, which I talk to God all the time. Okay, but how much time do you spend with God every day? Okay, is it five minutes? And remember, it's not the it's not the amount of time that's important; it's the quality of time that you spend with Him. Do you take time to listen to Him? That's tough sometimes, but if we're willing to do so, we have the blessing of hearing God speak to our heart. What are you willing to sacrifice to have adequate time to have an intimate relationship with God? You see, I can't get enough of my, of my new girlfriend. You know, my, you know, as I was engaged to Kathy and, and just like, I can't get enough, I can't get enough, I can't get enough. I, I still can't get enough, honey. Yeah, honey point time. I saved. You, oh boy, guys are seeing right through me. So I want to look at 2 Peter 1, 3-4. It says, As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life 
and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I love verse 3. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, and through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. God's given us everything we need to take on this godly character in him. Not a phoniness, not a, not a, not a clothing, but it is, a, it is in essence becoming more like Christ in him. Partakers of the divine nature. We have that at our, just, at our hands. We have the opportunity by choice that we can be partakers of the divine nature. Not our sinful nature, not the world's way, but God's divine nature is there for ours to take if we choose to. And I love that. God's just saying, here I am. Uh, just love me and cling to me and learn from me and know me and partake of me and discover me and, and realize that you're changing and you're, you're being molded and being made into uh, the person I want you to be and that we will discover the fullness of life in Christ as we yield to him, follow him, and cling to him. Through our salvation in Christ and our intimate knowledge of God, we, be we become partakers or sharers in God's divine nature. The more we cleave to him, the more we desire him, the more we dive into him, if you will, and God develops his godly nature in us, then not only we are blessed, but that nature overflows to other people. People say, I know you're a Christian. I, I know you are. You've met people that you've never met before, and they've never said a word to you, and you can sense they're a Christian. I know I have. And I've, and I've seen it validated when I've asked. Are you Christian? I thought you were. You know. And so that's a wonderful thing. Um, so through our salvation in Christ and our intimate knowledge of God, we become partakers or sharers in God's divine nature. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you and I, sinful people, human beings, have the opportunity and the privilege to be able to take upon ourselves godly nature through Christ Jesus in our life. There's no better nature. There's no better way to live. We're mere humans, and we can share God's divine nature with others. We do that by cleaving to God. We gain his promises and so many other things that are essential for our life and our walk with God. So the more we're close to him, the, the more we're transformed, and we start thinking and acting and behaving and being people of a divine nature rather than a sinful nature, right? That nature overflows to people that are around us, and that also brings glory to God. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I love that. God says, I've got everything new for you. Everything new. New means I, we've got a lot to discover in Christ, and he has it for us. First, we were made a new creation. I think of it this way. You and I, in Christ Jesus, are already made new in him. We're already a new creation. The more we cling to God, the more we intentionally seek after him and yield to him and, and submit our heart and our life and love to him, the more the old self becomes un, 
is unveiled, is taken off. The old self is, is beginning to strip away, and the new self is being revealed to us and to others. Does that make sense? The more we, we've got to know him, we've got to follow him, and as we get closer to him, his nature becomes more evident, and our old nature becomes, starts to uh, disrobe itself off of us, and our new nature is revealed. Romans 6, 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. We have a wonderful privilege that we don't have to be slaves of sin. It's a choice. It's a choice because we have the power of God living in us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, a life verse for me, for sure. Pray it all the time. No temptation has overtaken you except, except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I love that. God's on our side. God's saying, look, you know, I understand what you're going through. I understand your sinful nature. All sin was placed on me on the cross, right? I know what you're doing. I've been tempted in all ways, Scripture says. So I know what you're going through, right? but I'm going to show you the way to escape. Here's your escape route that you might, be ha- that you might bear or have victory. It's all there for us. It's a matter of what, what we choose. We can conquer every temptation. Colossians 3, 3, for you, die, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. The more we die to ourselves, the more we live for God. And we discover the new life that he has for us. We were given a new life that we can discover through Christ. In John 1, 12, it says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. We received a new family to be a part of. We're children of God. We're part of the family of God. In Galatians 5, and 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So when we cleave to God, his Spirit will cause us calls us to produce fruit of his divine nature that is different than our, na- than our natural nature. So he's taken off the dirty garments and he's allowing us to see who he's made us to be as new cre- creatures in him. John fourteen twelve says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. God wants to do great works to us, works that bring honor and glory to him. In John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. So cleaving to Jesus in friendship as he desires, will allow him to reveal to us things from God the Father. God starts transforming our heart and our minds like Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us. We're learning the things and the ways of God that transforms our nature to reveal the new creation that we are in Christ Jesus, living a new life and a new nature that fills us up in love with him, that overflows in love for others, and, it's, and God works through us to bring him glory. It's a wonderful privilege. All these gifts to us that we gain by cleaving to God in an intimate relationship with God 
are amazing. We have all these at our fingertips, all of that at our disposal, but we have to be willing to, to reach and take hold and apply these things. Honestly, I don't think that, uh, that we realize what we have. I think we somehow it's, it, it, it escapes our thinking that we don't realize what we have in Christ. I don't think that we take advantage of the gifts that we've just mentioned or other things that God has for us. And oftentimes, whether we realize it or not, I don't think we appreciate what God has given us or else we would take note of them and use them more effectively in our life. And it's so easy not to note them, so easy not to be aware and focused on them. We're not appreciating to the degree of personal application what God has given for us to live a new life. And we squander our gifts of the divine nature that we've been given the opportunity to partake in. We don't want to squander what God has given us. If we, if we don't appreciate at times, or we don't value at times, or we don't realize at times, or we squander it because we're misusing what God has given us or by not using it, then we're not, we're not seeking to cleave to him more. We're, we're accepting that the salvation experience was the pinnacle of my, my relationship with God and everything from there is downhill or, or, or plain. But like I said earlier, no. It should always be that the salvation experience is the mark, the get, the, the line to go. That, that, that we are increasingly growing in knowledge, wisdom, transformation, and relationship with Jesus. That should always be our endeavor, always. Somehow the lure of this world, the temporal pleasures, the busyness of life, the people, the work, the distractions, all seem more important. We know the game, don't we? Anything Satan can throw in our way to distract us, he will. And everything else will seem more important. And somehow the enemy will convince us of that. And yet we need to be wise and aware and um, realize what's important what's not important. God is reaching out to us. And he's blessing us. And he desires us to be with him. He prefers for us to focus on him and to cleave to him than to all the other stuff. Right? All the other stuff Satan wants us to cling to but God says, I want you to cling to me and don't worry about all the other stuff. We do that, we're on spot target and walking with Jesus. And we discover the life in greater depth and ways what God wants to do with us. God has so much for us in the here and now. And really, honestly, we don't have to wait for eternity to have the blessings. Does that happen sometimes in our Christian walk? We think, oh, it's going to be so great in heaven. Oh, we're not going to have a sinful nature. That's going to be wonderful. We have all these things. We list them all. But what about what we have now in Christ Jesus? A new life in Christ Jesus now. A new creature created in his image. Called out by God to be what he wants us to be in the world that we live in. Our eternity and oneness with God has begun now. And we need to take advantage of it. We think eternity, we think that's, that's, yeah, it's eternity. But eternity, our eternal life, began when we received Christ. And so since we received eternal life upon asking Christ in our heart, then God says, now I want you to walk in, in new life. And that new life is eternal. It's in me. So the nature that we learn from God, 
the thought processes that we learn from God, the behavior actions that we learn from God, the, the knowledge, the wisdom, the, 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 the skills, all the things that God has for us that we use in and through him, those things are for eternal purposes. And we can learn to live that eternal life now, not just think that we're going to live it later on. In 1 John 5, 11-13, we're almost done here. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. When I first heard this passage of Scripture when I was 17 years old, before God called me into ministry, I went, wow! He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So many people go, how can you say you know you're going to heaven? Because I've asked Jesus in my heart. Well, that's just your opinion. No, read it. Here's what God says. I've written these things, right? He who has the Son can know that they have eternal life. Praise God. I love that. It's absolute that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. To believe, pistuon, in the Greek, is to rely on for one's spiritual well-being. So to continue to rely on for your spiritual walk with God. That's what we're called to do. We're called to continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Our eternal life with God began when we received Christ as Savior. And we need to live with that focus on eternity now. Hey, I'm living with eternal purposes now. I'm living in his power and his wisdom and his nature now. I am in him and he's in me and I walk by his power now. We don't have to wait till then to do so. Okay? I want to stop and ask, have you stepped into your eternal life, a life of unity with God? by asking Jesus to forgive you for your sins and come live in your heart. I hope every one of you have received Christ as your Savior. I don't know all of you. But I hope that you have. And we hope that people that hear the message or listen to it later or are watching it now, that if they don't know that if they were to die today that they'd be in the presence of God, that they can know for sure because of the work that Jesus did for them on the cross. He died and rose and gave us eternal life through him. And he did the work, and he finished that work, and he secured that work for us. So that's, that's the beginning mark of having that, I wanna know Jesus, I wanna love Jesus, I wanna grow in Jesus, right? That is coming, you have to receive him as your savior. But um, if you do know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, which most of you, if not all of you in this room do, I want to ask you, are you cleaving to God? And are you focused on your eternal life with him now? Make that a mental focus, a spiritual focus. Lord, I want to cleave to you. I want to grab hold of you, hold on to you, and cleave to you. And I want to be as close to you as possible. Are you cleaving to God and sharing in his, in his divine nature and then sharing with others? The closer we are with God, the more our life will overflow onto others for God's glory. If we're not willing to walk close, then don't expect our, our life to be a, a, a compelling witness for those that are watching us. So, cleave to the Lord. 
It's part of living that, that, that walk with God. It's part of growing closer to God. And it's something that is not accomplished. It's something that is constantly pursued if we love him. All right? Let's go to the Lord. Father, I want to thank you for each person here. You know, Father, you make it plain in your word, not only in the message, but in other areas of scripture where it's obvious that you love us with a love that can't be measured. And we know that obviously, Father, and not to minimize in any way, we know that through the sacrifice of your son, you loved us enough to sacrifice your son for us. You loved us, Lord Jesus, to give yourself up, to take upon yourself my sin, everyone else's sin, and the sin of all mankind, and placed it on, you allowed God to place all the sin of the world on you, past, present, and future. You allowed God to, to um, do that for the purpose of providing a way of redemption. You took the, the punishment and the wrath on the cross where you were, for the first time in all of eternity past, you were, Lord Jesus, separated from the Father, which is theologically so um, astounding and, and, and difficult, almost impossible to understand when the Father turned his back on you on the cross. But you felt that pain. You felt that separation. You knew that separation. And you took it all, Father. Lord Jesus, you took it all for us that we might have a relationship with Jesus, that we might have a relationship with you. I mean, there's no greater love than that. But you've also given us your word and your word and the tools and the things that you have in your word for us to, to learn and to apply. And you've given us your spirit to help us to, to know you personally, to love you with our heart and our mind and our soul, with, that, with a genuine love for you, a love relationship with God. Wow, I thank you so much for what you've done. And so, Father, help us to grab hold of all that you've given us. Help us to discover more and more of what you have given us. And help us to walk in your power. Help us to be a people who are spiritually, clearly aware of the spiritual mindset that we have on a daily basis, our, our awareness of your presence, our awareness of, of communion with you in our heart and our spirit, our awareness of your direction for us, when to speak, not to speak, what to do, what not to do, and not to become overwhelmed by that, but just simply to walk with you through every moment and to be so close to you and just hear you and respond to you and live in you the life that you have us to live. I pray, Father, please, that you instill and compel our hearts to do that every day. And thank you, Father. You've already given us victory in you. Thank you for what you've given us. And help us to praise you and love you more. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.